welcome to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ. Uh, we got a good meal, or at least I have a good dish to share from you from 2nd Nephi 29. Yeah, I think that's the chapter I read this morning. <laughs> yep, I read 2nd Nephi 29, and... For those who have served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you may be fairly familiar with this chapter because it's the one that talks about how, you know, people will say, oh, we've got a Bible, we don't need any more scripture, and then God basically calls them out using logic, and it's... I remember as a missionary being like, oh, <laughs> you got called out, oh, man. You know, because... So here's here's a scenario, right? So last... Yesterday, in the last chapter, Nephi was talking about all these churches and all these false truths they'd be preaching. And in this chapter, God talks about how during that time, you know, where there's darkness and apostasy and they've lost so much truth and they're teaching all these false doctrines that's when God is going to start the restoration of the gospel right that's when he's going to bring forth the book of Mormon through Joseph Smith and um, which is another book of scripture right And ever since that's happened, an argument has always been um, from other Christians, quite a few of them at least. I don't know about all of them, but quite a few of them. Their argument is always like, you can't, there can't be any more scripture. God has said there shouldn't be any more scripture. And um, they'll cite like a verse in Revelation or something, you know. And, which is, <laughs> which can be so easily picked apart, just saying, at least in my mind it can be. Um, but their, their biggest beef is there can't be any more scripture. The Bible is it. This is what God gave us, and we don't need any more. We're good. And... God just basically explains why it is good for us to have so much scripture, right? Have you ever wondered, you know, why do we have the Bible and the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price? That's so much scripture. Number one, can't read it all. And number two, like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, and maybe for those of us who are members of the Restored Church of Jesus Christ, we're told to like read the Book of Mormon, and so we're like, well, if we're told to read the Book of Mormon every day, what do we do about the Bible? You know, like, what are, what are we supposed to do with the Doctrine and Covenants? What are we supposed to do with all this? You know, other than it's nice to know church history, and it's good to know about the life of Jesus Christ. Um... You know, and 
I mean, I'm with you on the the thought of, you know, that's a lot of scripture. What do we do with it all? You know, how do we fit it all in? You know, if we're supposed to read the Book of Mormon every day and then also read some from these scriptures, you know, what are what are we supposed to do? And honestly, I'm just still trying to figure that bit out. You know, I've been trying to read a chapter from the Book of Mormon and a chapter from the New Testament at the same time. Um, Because my main goal in starting doing that is to learn what it means to truly love people. And, And also to keep the commandments from our prophets to read the Book of Mormon every day. And so, um, that's what I've been doing and that's why I've been doing it and how I've been doing it. And that's working for me all right. Granted, there are some long chapters some days, but then there's some shorter ones other days. And it's been, it's been good for me. It works for me. And, you know, in this chapter, God talks about how all these scriptures are witnesses to the fact that there is a God, right? And that God cares about his people, that he makes promises to his people and keeps his promises. Um, and we have more than one witness of that, right? We have a witness of it from three different nations in all different times. Right, We have the Old Testament, where God is working with the people before Christ. The New Testament, where God is working with people during Christ's life and shortly after his ministry. You have the Book of Mormon, where he's working with an entirely different continent. And you have the Doctrine and Covenants, where he's working with people centuries later. Right? And so... Um, you got all these different times and all these different places that God is working with his people. And for God, it's... Um, in this chapter, God says that all of these books of scripture from thousands of different timelines and all these different places witnesses to the fact that God is God, right? We, we see that he deals with people the same way. He loves them unconditionally. He gives them commandments. There's consequences if they break the commandments, right? Like God doesn't change who he is based on who he works with and when he works with them. And so these scriptures help us to build faith in God and in our Savior because we can see that they're the same throughout history and throughout the world. And it's not just, you know, the Jews, or a certain group of people in a certain place at a certain time period. That God has performed miracles since the beginning, continues to perform miracles, and, you know, that's the main reason that was, that God said in that chapter, that's why we have more scripture, (laughs) right? And it's, you know, it's so interesting how in this chapter... We get 
Another glimpse into the kinds of false doctrines people were preaching and are preaching. And it's it's so funny reading about that because you look at it and you're like, who are these people to say what God does and does not do? Right? Who are you to say that, you know, God performed miracles in the Bible but no longer does? Right? I there's no scriptural basis for that. Just because you think you haven't seen miracles doesn't mean that there aren't miracles yet. Granted, I will give them a little bit of grace because there was not a whole lot of miracles performed during the Great Apostasy because God's Spirit left. Right? But, I don't know. There could be a few things. There could be miracles and I just, I also haven't seen them. But like, God's Spirit has left the earth and so they don't have light, they don't have truth. So maybe, even as God's performing miracles, they can't see it because God's light and truth is gone and the earth is wrapped in darkness and confusion. That would probably make it a little hard to see miracles, for sure. But, you know, it's it's just so interesting how there's a lot of doctrines that people believe in that have no scriptural basis and yet they say this is how it is. Especially when it comes to God and what he does. You know, he doesn't perform any miracles anymore and he doesn't need any more scripture and things like that. And God's like, I I will do what I want. <laughs> Who are you to tell me what I'm going to do? Right? And a lot of people with my mission, you know, you, you had to be prepared for when uh, people cited that verse in Revelation. I forget where it is specifically. It's like near the end. It's not the exact end, but near the end of Revelation. You know, because serving in the Bible Belt, good old Texas, you had to be prepared for common uh, arguments against the Book of Mormon when sharing it. And that verse was one of them because to them it reads that God commanded there would be no more scripture. But when I read that verse, to me what it sounds like, and you will not have any more scripture made by man. Or something like that. Like it, To me it reads that if there is more scripture written by men and not by me, then don't accept it. Right? So I'm like, that verse does not contradict anything God has said. Right? Because if a man wrote scripture and said it came from God and when it did not... Well, obviously, don't accept that as scripture, because it's not from God. But if it's from God, like the Book of Mormon, I believe to be, is from God, then that can be scripture. And it does not contradict anything God has ever said. You know? Um, And God is very aware of what he has said, and does not 
contradict himself ever. Like, I don't think God could contradict himself because he's so aware of what he has said and, like, always keeps his promises. He knows what he's doing, basically. Right? That this We're talking about God, after all. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, super-dependable. Like, he knows what he's doing. And... Yeah, I don't know. Just sometimes I have these funny thoughts where it's like, but what if, what if God does accidentally contradict himself? And I'm just like, that will never happen because God is all powerful, all knowing and super dependable. You know, and if he's all knowing, he knows all the words he's ever said. Man, can you imagine having a memory like that? Wouldn't that be a little bit fantastic? I think it would be. I think it'd be a little fantastic to have a memory where I can't remember things. Only because I have a difficult time remembering things. So, I don't know. Maybe you remember a lot of things and you're like, no, it's not good to remember. I wish I forgot a lot of things. But I don't know. I'm sitting over here thinking it'd be great to remember because I forget things all the time. You know? (laughs) But yeah. Um, and so I don't know I'm grateful that we have lots of scripture mainly for the stories to be quite honest those are my favorite parts and also comforting scriptures like the more scripture we have the more choices of finding a, a scripture that can comfort us and help us in our time of need is higher I appreciate that. I appreciate having just like this treasure trove of scriptures that I can go to when I'm in like need. Oh, there goes the grandfather clock. Five forty-five a.m. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, just having this treasure trove of scriptures that I can go to when I'm in need and just bloop, pull one out and I just got thousands of them because we have so many books of scripture, right? And I, I just think that's awesome. I think that's fantastic, you know? Like, I don't think there can ever be enough scriptures. I mean, it'd be a lot of books to read, for sure, but, you know, gives us more scriptures I'll I'll find a way to make it work I'll find a way to fit it in my schedule to read them all you know ooh, like general conference because that's that's kind of like modern day scripture you know and I have been meaning to read more of that in my studies I'm trying to figure out how to study that on a regular basis you know um but excuse the on see in the bible today um I honestly don't remember hold on a second I know Jesus talked to some scribes and Pharisees and said some stuff And then there was a gal who asked him to cast out devils from her daughter. 
And at first he's like, nah. Then she's like, please. And then he's like, all right. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, when the scribes and Pharisees come to Jesus, they're gonna they're asking him a question about um, tradition. Um, and it's interesting. Not looking at it, I'm like, oh, it's interesting that they use the word tradition instead of commandment. I think that's a very interesting distinction. Tradition is not always a commandment from God. And uh, with this situation, the scribes and Pharisees come to Jesus and they're like, why do your disciples not obey the tradition that they wash their hands before they eat bread? And Jesus said, why do you not follow the commandments of God because of your traditions? Right? And it's, you know, a lot of, not all traditions are bad, but sometimes we have traditions, like our culture has traditions that contradict the commandments of God. And in this moment, Jesus is teaching that commandments are higher than traditions. That the commandments always come first. And that traditions are just something made by man. They're not there for your salvation. It's just the way that your culture, your community, your group of people has decided that they want to act. Right? It's That's all that is. Is it's unofficial community rules. <laughs> Things that your culture has always done. Um, and that... And... I, I don't think Jesus is saying don't follow your culture's traditions, right? Um, Because not all traditions are bad. Jesus followed many of traditions of his culture, right? And, but he also followed the commandments of God and that he put God's commandments above tradition. And so he, He's okay following tradition until it interferes with his mission and following the commandments. When that happens, he's going to pick his mission and God's commandments above tradition, right? And so, but the the, the scribes and Pharisees are confused because they're like, hold up. Like, you're not telling them to follow tradition? He's like, look, your tradition is not always clear of guilt, right? You have this tradition where you are not honoring your father and mother because of what you do. I forget what what it said. It was like, um. And honestly, I don't. Mm. Yeah, no, even in reading it again, I'm like, I still don't get it. But it's something that Jesus is like, this is not honoring your father or your mother, which is 
a commandment. And um, so <laughs> he's like, look, your traditions are not guiltless. You know, they break commandments of God. And so there's no need for us to follow tradition if it breaks the commandments of God, like they come first, always. I'm pretty sure I've made that point really clear. Um, and then, oh, and also in this chapter, they have the, where he feeds the multitudes with loaves and fishes the second time. We always talk about the first time, you know, where there's five loaves and two little fishes. And then there, but they, but he does it more than once. There's a second time. And I think they have a few more loaves of bread and some fishes. And again, they end up with leftovers. Right? And I don't know. I, I don't know. Just kind of interesting that I'd mention that, you know, because God can make more of what we have than what we can ourselves, you know? With just our efforts, seven loaves of bread will still be seven loaves of bread. But with God's efforts, seven loaves of bread can become seven baskets of bread. And, and so I think it can be a good metaphor for our efforts that, you know, when we include God in our efforts, he can make more of it than if we try to do it by ourselves, right? The little bit that we give, he can expand, magnify, increase. And that, you know, we don't need to do it by ourselves, right? And that it's better for us not to do it by ourselves because, you know, as Jesus was saying, if they didn't feed these people, they would faint on their way to get food. And that would not be good. And so when we need help, it's good to ask God for help, you know, and that, as well as asking help from other people when needed. And, you know, he will magnify our efforts and make it enough that, you know, um, there will be enough. And that's a mentality that I've been working on a little bit. It's it's called scarcity versus abundance mentality. I don't know if you've heard about it before, but you know, it's the mentality where scarcity is all about there's never enough. You know, there's a very limited resource. We have to save what we have um, because we have to make it stretch so far. And then there's the abundance mentality where there's enough, you know, God is providing it's a lot of gratitude in the abundance mentality where we're thankful for what we have and not worried about what we have not. Bless you. Um, and, you know, I've been working on that idea, trying to switch my mentality from a scarcity one to an abundance one, where I think about what I have and I think more about what I'm grateful for than thinking about what I do not have or may not have in the future 
right? Um, I want to have the mentality that, you know, everything I need, there is enough of it. That there is enough to go around. And there's enough that, you know, I can be happy with what I have. Because happiness doesn't come from things, it comes from inside of me. It comes from where I focus, you know? Um... And I just lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. I know I was talking about loaves and fishes. And about how God can make more of our efforts than we can alone. And about scarcity and abundance mentality. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember if I had a finishing point to that. Oh, well, if you haven't noticed, I am very tired this morning, and I apologize. I probably sounded really monotone as well. I'm sorry about that, too. That's probably really boring to listen to. Um, uh, but hopefully, I'll get used to my new sleeping schedule, so I'm a, a little bit more uh, lively in the mornings for my podcast recordings than this. But, uh... It'll be a work in progress. It might take some time. So, please be patient. Please bear with me. As I bear my new schedule. <laughs> it's good. It's a good It's a good new schedule. Um, it's just going to take some time to get used to, you know? Body doesn't naturally wake up at 4 a.m. So, we just got just to gotta get used to it. It's going to be okay. But yeah, I'm probably just going to end it here today, because <laughs> my brain is just it's not keeping up with me right now, but it's all good, you know, and we had a pretty good feast on the scriptures today, I think, and, and I want to thank you for tuning in today, for listening to this, to this episode, you know, it. It's always, it always makes me happy to think that you're there listening to this, you know, it gives, gives this podcast a little bit more purpose, a little bit more meaning for me to know that you're, you're here listening. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in. It also makes these podcast episodes more enjoyable for me to know that you're here. So, well, I hope that you have a fantastic day and hopefully tomorrow I won't be as tired and I'll talk to you then.